Welcome to Business Owners Radio. Business Owners Radio, where established business owners get the latest insights, strategies, and practices to grow a sustainably profitable business. And now, taking care of business, your hosts, Craig Moen and Shai Gilad. Welcome to Business Owners Radio. I'm Craig Moen. And I'm Shai Gilad. We'd like this first episode to chat a little bit about how we started Business Owners Radio and why. Yeah, Craig, I mean, I think the whole thing really started over a cup of coffee. Yeah, I remember. Let's see. I called you, right? <laughs> yeah. I remember when you first contacted me, you were looking at other business coaches in the area. And I remember you called me up and you said, hey, I think I have an airplane at your airport. It's true. I was surprised to come across another coach in the area that also was running an operation at the same airport my airplane was at. And I thought, this is a perfect match. You know, let's talk aviation, if nothing else. Yeah. And it was pretty funny. I mean, once we started talking, we realized we had so much in common. I think starting really with the way we grew up. I mean, we're both from small towns. I'm from a small town in upstate New York. And I was from Wisconsin. And we both grew up in tremendously free environments where we really were allowed to grow and expand and become who we were at a very early age. And then In our early teen years, we came across the same thing, and that was the opportunity to get into bands and rock and roll. Oh, yeah. I mean, rock and roll completely changed my life. It really is foundational in that here we were in early teens, and the ability to set up and create a business, if you will, in a rock and roll band. Craig, do you remember the first time you played live? Oh, it was scary. Yeah. (laughs) Tell us about that. What kind of gig was that? That was a gig, let's see, it was in a bar, and of course, way underage. Meaning you were way underage, (laughs) as probably most of the other people there. I was way underage and had a great time, scary as heck, but you had worked to create this whole band and the music and all of the capabilities, and then to be on stage and really delivering it, much like business. How was your experience? Yeah, absolutely. Well, my experience was kind of a train wreck. But it was the same kind of thing. You know, I remember the first gig I got paid for. I was 14 years old. I was in a trio. I was the youngest member. And we had this opportunity to play like at a friend's cousin's uncle's bar, right? And it was this this ratty like biker bar. And there was definitely illegal things going on, uh, all kinds of substance abuse. I mean, it was it was a rough place, you know, and we only knew here's the here's the best part. We only knew like six songs. <laughs> so it's all like, you know, it's all the classics, right? Like Skinnerd and ZZ Top and Allman Brothers. We, we knew like six songs, but they loved it. I think they loved the novelty of it. And we were horrible, but we played our six songs and they're like, you need to play more, you know? So we took a break and then we came back. We played the same six songs. <laughs> Did you change the order at all? Oh, yeah, it was great. No, not really. We just played them the way we knew them and sang them horribly. And But you know what? It was it was awesome because that experience, I remember calling my mom on the phone. I was so excited. I called her from a payphone, of course. And I said, Mom, you won't believe this. We just played out and I made $40. You know, it was like $100,000, you know, 40 bucks. Mm-hmm. But, but here was so cool about that is it really makes me think about the beginnings of the experimental process, which is really developing a business and customer discovery, right? And those were the early days of customer discovery. Oh, you're dealing with a real customer, and that's the guy who owns the bar. Right. And the expectation that they have, and you're delivering a service, and you're pleasing an audience being the clientele. 
Oh, there's no question. And, you know, that was like my earliest lesson on segmentation, right? This segment likes this music, and they like it so much, we can just play it again. <laughs> again. And you get that instant feedback. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's just like not throwing something out there and hoping and that it worked. You got real instant feedback. And so it's a high-speed learning process, not only from clients and customers and who they are, but also the infrastructure of running a band. You've got employees, if you will, or team members, and you've got the financials. Oh, yeah. And they're not good. And you're dealing with contracts. <laughs> right. Continuously, and you're dealing with management. And so those relationships, you've got everything in a high-dense environment. Yeah, and you're even dealing uh, with, with compliance and regulatory issues, right? Because you, sometimes there's ASCAP fees, and, and, and there was a lot of rules, especially back in the day, and, and unions. And so it's like, um, man, what a great breeding ground for a young entrepreneur. And at the time, you just thought you were playing rock and roll, right? You're a hero. You felt like you're really accomplishing something while you're still going to school. Yeah. And it was paying for things. It was just that continuum. I was special. You didn't have to be on the football team either, you know, because <laughs> you, you weren't around on Fridays and Saturday nights anyway. Yeah, you're out trying to make a buck. Yeah, that was awesome. And then, and then of course, we realized we both had aviation in common. And what was your early beginnings in aviation? Mine was starting out uh, with gliders. You know, you were able to fly gliders much earlier, but even before that, it was model airplanes. How about yourself? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, my dad was an airline pilot, right? And he flew gliders. So on the weekends, I was going with him to fly gliders. And when we weren't flying gliders, we were building models of gliders and building models of airplanes. And what is it about aviation that you think spoke to you? Again, the freedom side, doing something really challenging, something that was, you know, free as a bird, you know, be able to fly, you know, Superman, it's all those things. And it was a challenge as far as this isn't something that everybody everybody does. It's like 1% of the whole population ever flies their own plane or flies a plane themselves. So that was exciting. Yeah. Now you were influenced by your dad, right? Oh, yeah, of course. But, you know, it was the same thing. I think it was it was a combination of the freedom and the inspiration of aviation and aerospace. And I'll tell you what, even when I think about it today, I always tell people, you know, they ask me why I love aviation. And I'm like, you know, until somebody actually invents either a teleporter or a time machine, it's one of the few ways in the world that you can experience pure magic, where you can just... It quite literally transforms you from where you are now to somewhere else in an instant. And it changes the way that we use time. Your whole perspective changes. When you're in the air, the world is small. Your perspective on what the problems are, that you escape completely. Yeah, and the thing that my background in aviation really taught me in terms of being an entrepreneur and being in business is really around risk management and understanding the different resources you need and also understanding systems, right? So we talked about the earliest engagements in rock and roll and learning how to manage people and conflict management and all these relationships in the band and with the club owners. And then you go to aviation and you absolutely need those human skills, but you really learn a lot about systems, you know, not just the types of systems it takes to have an airplane fly safely, but the redundancies that are built in so that if you lose one engine, guess what? You can still fly. And so you look at these businesses, and I know you see this all the time, right? Great example. You have one customer that makes up 50% of your revenue. Yeah, extremely challenging. But having that strategy in place, even along the aviation side of planning ahead, we're out ahead of that aircraft many miles because we're moving fast. 
Yeah. And we have to be way ahead of time strategizing, planning, and anticipating what's coming up way before we ever get there. And business is the same way. I mean, that's such a great analogy now more than ever, right? Because when you're flying the plane, you have to think in real time. And when you're running a business, you have to think in real time. And what do you do before you go flying? You plan. And you plan for the best case scenario. You plan for the successful outcome that you want. And you manage the risks all along the way of you build good systems so that you can consistently deliver a product and reduce the variability of bad things that can happen. But at the end of the day, that doesn't help if the weather goes bad. Then you have to divert and you have to go to an alternate. How quickly can you go? How quickly can you respond to the marketplace? It's really the same thing. We get these repetitions through our life. And if we fast forward (laughs) from the rock and roll era into the aviation side, you continued on your education in the aviation side and became an airline pilot, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I was with the regional airlines and um, came up through the ranks. And before I made the jump to start my own aviation business, I was with JetBlue and really learned a lot about customer service and marketing from that company. That was heavy influence. And you were in technology. Yeah. Back when I was right in the middle of my rock and roll and in high school, I was finishing up. It was all about computers and technology. And I was a technology nut. And so jumped totally into school and into the technology side of computers, went through the, the ground layer, if you will, of major corporations and computer sciences and computers. That was a great learning experience also because it was a startup. Oh, yeah. Computers were just coming on huge and strong. The whole industry was a startup. It was just great. You know, uh, mini computers and microcomputers all the way up to supercomputers, and it was total saturation. Did that for decades and uh, got into senior management positions and led a lot of major initiatives in the computer IT industry and the telecommunications industry. So that took a lot of those years, but continuously formulating more and more background in the business side and your side, too from the standpoint of taking what you were doing in the airlines, not only as a pilot, but also as a trainer, right? I really had an interest in aviation safety and human factors design. So how the person interacts with the machinery, how the person interacts with the system to affect different outcomes. And one thing that was just amazing to me is how many incidents and accidents, really tragedies in the aviation industry, were a component of human error, not system error, but human error. And... I was so inspired by that notion that I wanted to help people communicate better and lead better to reduce the opportunity for human error. And so I received formal aviation safety training, and that led to me taking a role in instructional design. And I actually developed captain leadership courses to train people transitioning from a first officer to a captain on how to lead others. And it's funny because this is exactly what I do now on the executive coaching side where I help people specifically that quite often are transitioning executives. They're becoming executives for the first time. And it really is a whole different way about thinking about what your job is about and what is the outcome of what you're trying to produce. I mean, it was just a wonderful experience, and that's where a lot of my passion from aviation came from. Mm-hmm. So why did you leave the airline industry? Yeah, it's, it's a great question. So when uh, before I was with JetBlue, I was at the regional airlines, and I was flying the 50-seat jets that a lot of us have become accustomed to, when you're especially going back home to your small town, if that's where you're from. And um, we used to have this saying that we were pissing the world off 50 people at a time. <laughs> you know, uh, And 
just wanted to do better. You know, I wanted to deliver better service and I wanted to create an experience, you know, and, and I really saw that was what Neilman was trying to do with JetBlue. And that was inspiring as well. So a few of my colleagues that were also in training and management at the airlines, we saw an opportunity in the private aviation space and we were all passionate about service and hospitality. So we thought, you know, if we could take what we love about hospitality and take our knowledge of systems, how to run an airline, you know, that we could create this great company, right? And it's kind of interesting because that's somewhat of a classic technician becomes an entrepreneur model that we didn't know what we didn't know. And there was a lot of challenges to doing that. So what got you into coaching? What had happened was, is we started up this new company and we started this company in July of 2007. So I don't know if you remember what happened around 2008 or so, but... Yeah, there's a little dent in the Yeah, a little dip. <laughs> took a little bit of a dip. And so here we are selling um, aircraft management, so managing high-end luxury items in an economy that's uh, in turmoil. But we were small and we were lean and that helped us, right? So we stuck it out and tried to work our way through the model. But what I realized really quickly, I realized a few things. First of all, all the assumptions we made were wrong. Second of all... I realized that I didn't know as much about running a business as I thought I did. I knew a lot about people. I had a lot of the foundational skills to be a great entrepreneur, but I had no idea how to really apply all that stuff together to develop something that somebody would want to buy. And that led me to try to get some more education to fill in the gaps. You know, one of the other things I recognized was that I I was going to conversations and I didn't I didn't understand the, the words. People would talk about discount rates and they would talk about, you know, different things in the marketplace and different variables. And I was like, I don't know what that means, but I'd smile and greet you the fake it till you make it. And then I would go home and look that up on Investopedia. <laughs> so I realized there was some gaps in my learning. So I, I did two things. Um, I decided I wanted to get a formal business ed- education, which I did. I went on to get my MBA and I also got help with the business. So through the experience of running and growing that business, I I also spent a lot of time thinking about what I wanted to do in the long term and what it really was that was true to who I am. And I kept coming back to the same thing, that really what my passion is about, sure, aviation is something I love, just like music is. But what I'm really passionate about is teaching and working with others and coaching. And so that came out in a decision to start my own firm. And other people that I met through business knew that I was interested in that, knew I had a background in that. So they would, they would just ask me to help them with their businesses. So tell me about you, though. How did you come from the technology sector and then decide that you wanted to get into coaching and consulting? Yeah, it, it took some time from the standpoint of uh, having a great time growing an industry and in IT industry and the computer segment, and then into telecommunication and wireless and taking leadership roles in those segments for major corporations. So I'd done that. And Then the industry was kind of bland. Um, It was repeating. There was no new real high-tech energies coming out, uh, uh, minor modifications to existing equipment and applications. So it kind of run its course, and I wanted to do something different. So I took some time off, looked at, what do you want to do next? And I remember the real excitement of the band era. Oh, yeah. From the standpoint of starting up and A friend of mine was in the aviation side, and he had started a business and starting out small. And I thought, 
this could be really exciting. And so he and I got together and we decided that, you know, where I could help him and, and where he wanted to go aligned with providing satellite communications and telemetry to helicopters and jets, executive jets around the world. It started small, grew and grew, and it was extremely exciting. And someone decided they wanted to buy us and they decided that they really, really wanted to buy us. So <laughs> it was a problem. So um, That's a great problem to have. So Honeywell's doing well with that. And then what? So that was such an enjoyable experience that I thought, let's do this again. And this time it was in the telemetry tracking environment for cars for the insurance industry. In Europe, you actually can buy insurance for your car on a daily basis or on a mileage basis. Really? And that'll be evolving over in the United States. So that this company was designed to get the United States involved in that and create all the software for the insurance industry to be able to do this type of offering to its their user space, um, all based on utilization of the car or the truck or the fleet, if you will. Well, all startup mode, high energy, lots of volume of uh, finances. So it was a great experience again. Along comes a British company who was doing this in Europe and decided they wanted to break into the U.S. market, and we became the target and the offering and so forth. So we sold again. And then what I was going to do, right? (laughs) (laughs) So it's time to look at something different. And what I really enjoyed is continuing to help others in this vein and take a lot of the knowledge of all these decades of learnings. And I did the same thing as you did. I went back to school, went to University of Maryland, came out of business there and added that to it and then decided, okay, how are we going to bring this forward? And I was doing consulting for a number of small businesses, helping them grow and came across coaching so similar type of thing, went through the certifications of coaching and executive coaching, and that's how we tracked as far as coming together. I had my consulting company was doing coaching, gave you a call, uh, you were in the area, and so here we are today. And here we are, you know, and so, I mean, we could talk a little bit about why we ended up you know, really deciding that a a podcast was the way we wanted to help people. Yeah, no, that was interesting, wasn't it? From the standpoint of we both thought that how could we do more? And seminars and webinars have been provided in the area, and we thought this is something we could really add value to. You had a lot of content from your education environment, and I had some, and we wanted to really roll this together. We look at what's the best channel. Sure. We went through a number of channels, you remember? Oh, yeah, sure. I mean, there's there's uh, live events are saturated. And of course, there's there's webinars and all these different ways that you can share your intellectual capital, really, right, and help people learn more about the thing that they care about. But I think what really hit home is when we started looking at segmentation, and we started thinking about the types of people that we help and where we add the most value, right? And looking at that on a day to day basis, I mean, when you look at what's going on in the marketplace, and even in the world of podcasts and and webinars, there's so much around entrepreneurship from a startup perspective. There's lots of different resources for information for startups in high volume. They're all out there. But where our focus was is in the established businesses. Those businesses are million dollars to $50 million, that core group of mature businesses that are growing, but not exactly 
as well as they'd like to and what are the problems they're having and what can they be addressed. The other big thing they have in that core group is time. Oh, yeah. Time management and time to continue. You education as a business owner when you're trying to manage employees and you're trying to manage your customers and you're trying to navigate finance and you're trying to navigate regulatory requirements. Good luck, right? And, and we both know firsthand the challenge of trying to go back for a business degree when you're also working a few different jobs. So what could we provide that would consolidate a lot of information subject by subject in a concise time that they could be a part of? And that they could access when and where they wanted to, right? When it was convenient for them. And, and when we talk about they, again, it's this specific group, right? It's the employers. You know, Craig, there's 28 million businesses in the United States, roughly, and out of those 28 million businesses, about 22 million of them are really solopreneurs. They're sole proprietorships, right? And there's a lot of content for solopreneurs. And if you're a solopreneur and you're listening to this show, maybe you're someone that wants to grow your business and eventually employ others. And we think there's a lot of value that you might learn here. But the focus is really for those folks that all of a sudden they have a little bit of success there's three people, then there's five people, then there's 10 people. And then, oh boy, things change, right? I mean, I remember when we were starting up in one of our startups, there was six of us in the office. And that was great, you know, because when Sue wanted a vacation, every, I got you covered. You know, we all wore the different hats all the time at all times. And it was good enough. It's, it's a small team. It's a, it's a collaborative environment. There's a lot of energy. There's a little bit of money coming in. Everybody gets paid. You go out to dinner together, you go out to lunch together, but then something happens as you grow just a little bit behind that. And one day you wake up and it's like, oh, we don't really have a, a backstop if three people decide they want to go away for vacation. And before it was just okay for everybody to do that. We don't have a process for that. We don't have a policy for that. Oh my gosh. And then it just gets, then you land that next contract. You have to hire five more people. And now you have to manage five people. You have to mentor five <laughs> people. You, you have to grow five. Exactly. And by the way, you have to find five people. And, and how difficult is it when you're not even sure exactly what it is you want? Or how difficult it is when you are part of the business and you're delivering part of the business. You're working the technical side and you're not worrying about the future of the business and how you're going to strategically to carry that business forward. When the entrepreneur is the fundamental part of the delivery chain, which let's face it, when you're running a small business, guess what? You are lead. You are the lead generator. You are the business development person. Chances are you're also still doing delivery. You're a big part of the product itself. And when you're trying to do all of those things and also figure out how to be strategic about growing your business in a way that can be sustainably profitable and create the freedoms that you would like out of life, and maybe the security that you'd like out of, you know, financial security you'd like, man, that's a heavy lift. And we want to be part of helping. And that's our mantra, our goal, to provide real knowledge that you can use and implement on a daily basis. And it's going to be available 24 by 7. And the podcast turns out to be the exact vehicle to make that happen. So this show will be coming out every week, Monday morning, because business starts on Monday. And... Maybe you'll listen to it in your car on, the, on your commute. Maybe you'll listen to it when you're in the gym. But we hope that, as you said, Craig, that you know, our goal will be to provide the highest quality content for employers, business owners, to specifically help them get the information they need to grow a sustainably profitable business. 
We're going to have fantastic guests. We're going to have featured products. We're going to have content available on the website that's available 24-7 too. So it's always there, ready to use when you need it. Additionally, we're going to ask for help. We've got a great set of great interviews coming up, great topics, but we're always looking for feedback and we're always looking for suggestions. If there are particular people that you'd like to hear from or topics that you'd like us to cover, please enter in the comments section on the website or feedback on the podcast section itself or feedback on iTunes. We'd love to get your comments. We'd love to implement the things that you need. Because ultimately the show really is about you. And our commitment is to bring our best every week to help you solve very specific problems, get more insight and more depth so that you can really grow your business in the way that you want to and succeed. And we'd like this to be your show. And we're the facilitators. We're the implementers. We'll make it happen and feedback and be a part of it. Please tell your friends and especially your fellow business owners about the show. If you listen to the episodes and you think it added value for you, please share. Tell other people because the more that participate, the more input we get, better value we can provide. So thanks for joining us and welcome to Business Owners Radio. Thank you for joining us on Business Owners Radio. We hope you enjoyed today's show. As always, you can read more about each episode along with links and offers in the show notes on our website, businessownersradio.com. We want to hear your feedback. Please leave comments on this show or suggestions for upcoming episodes. Tell your fellow business owners about the show and, of course, you would love the stars and comments on iTunes. Till next time, keep taking care of business. Business.